artificial intelligence as art now exists. This is undeniable. You can have AI paint you a picture, write you a story, compose a song for you, and clone a voice so you can use any recorded vocal sound in your work. It isn't going to go away. Technology, once invented, continues forever. We can oppose it all we want. We can claim it's immoral or unethical to use it. We can file lawsuits, and I'm sure people will. These abilities will continue to exist, nevertheless. The question arises, then, as to whether we should use them. Fred's Front Porch Podcast is made possible by our patron saint, Edith Keeler, our unofficial patron saints, Boo Radley, Shoshana Edwards, and Miss Maudie, our producers, Coralie Day with Scott Knight, and the people on the porch. Welcome, fellow traveler on this rock tumbling through space. I'm Fred. And this is My Front Porch. Come on up and sit a while. There are ideas to be discussed on this old set of nicely nailed together boards. Artificial Intelligence and Art. I excitedly announced on my Facebook page that I had found software called Eleven Labs, which, by the way, I'll be using in this podcast, that allowed me to clone Valerie Bertinelli's voice so that I could use it as part of a three-part science fiction story I had written called Universe Selectors Incorporated. In that story, my alter ego, Horace Singleman, is offered the opportunity to choose the universe in which he would like to live. He considers a universe without poverty, hunger, homelessness, or war. The alien who offers him this chance says that's not specific enough. There are lots of such universes. Horace needs to select one in which something less common occurs. Horace adds that in this universe, Valerie Bertinelli would text him and invite him to dinner. The alien transports Horace to such a universe, and Horace gets both a text and a video message from her. She has three or four lines in the show. I had my friend, Jereen Elkins, play the part of Valerie Bertinelli in the original story. Jereen did a fantastic job, and I'm eternally grateful to her for her work. But now, I have the chance to have Valerie Bertinelli read those lines herself, or at least an extraordinary imitation of her voice. 
What could be cooler than that? Hi, this is Valerie Bertinelli. I ran across your podcast. I think it's adorable the way you talk about me making you dinner so often. I got your number from your Facebook page and, well, would you allow me the pleasure of making you dinner this weekend? XO Val. Yes, it's real, Horace. Lol, hang on. Hi, Horace. Now you can see me and hear me so you can get over your incredulity. That's not a word I use a lot, but I'm a writer now too, you know. I'm allowed. Anyway, a friend of mine heard from a friend of hers about your little show, and she played it, and she thought it was cute, so she sent it to me, and she said I could really make you happy if I offered to make you dinner, and I thought, you know, it wouldn't hurt me in the least. So we vetted you to make sure you weren't some weird stalker guy, and it turns out you were a teacher for 29 years, and I really admire that. You live in poverty most of the time, so I figured you would really enjoy a good meal. I can send someone to pick you up because I hear you don't have a car, and they'll drive you to the airport, fly you here to L.A., and someone will pick you up there and drive you out here, and we'll have dinner. Does that sound all right? This set off a storm of commentary on my page, telling me what I wanted to do was immoral. Here are a few samples. Name redacted. Fred Eder. Hijacking. A professional actor's voice and or image for use in publication is reprehensible and will expose the author to civil liability. Because you are not paying them for this, it does not make your work better. It allows you to be the director instead of the narrator. I don't think it is right to borrow the voice of someone famous to lend credence to your words, unless you have permission to. It does not in any way improve your art. It just possibly becomes more popular when you borrow the voice of someone famous to read your blog out loud. And it is a blog, not a show, like an audiobook. They get paid for that. You can say if it's wrong, blame the developer. I say it's wrong to use that software for your personal gain and to someone else's loss. It is deceptive and I don't see how it improves anything, unless you start going for comedy instead of edification. First, I won't be told what my show is. I get to decide that for myself. To say it's just a blog is factually incorrect. I do both a blog and a podcast. And while the words are often the same, the experiences are significantly different from one another. If you would like to know what my show is, I did a primer about that topic last week. I'm not using anyone else's voice to read my blog out loud. I'll do that for myself, thank you. I am, however, getting actors to play parts I can't. I won't be using Morgan Freeman to read work like this piece. I am perfectly capable of doing that myself. I like the way I read it. When I'm quoting someone else's words, it seems appropriate to me to use a voice not my own.
when I do a theater piece, I now have the opportunity to use a complete cast of actors to play all the different roles. As has been pointed out repeatedly, I can't do a female voice well enough to make it work. That's why I used AI above. And when I think of getting any actors I want to read the parts I've written, it's a dream come true. It's not because it will be more popular. I'm never going to be more popular, let's face it. It's because I would love to have Patrick Stewart read my lines. It adds realism to my work when I don't have to try to do all the different characters. I'm a pretty decent voice actor, but I'm not nearly good enough to play all the characters I create. Second name redacted. Actors, like artists, should be given fair recompense when their distinctive qualities are appropriated by AI. You wouldn't steal a pen or pirate software. There would be merit and value in AI voiceover companies developing their own stylish timbres, but anything more than a brief pastiche of a real actor is theft. Disney would sue a production using even its proprietary cartoon voices without permission. Imagine if a noted campaigner, Mark Ruffalo, say had his voice cloned for a big oil promotion. Even with a small affair like yours, Fred, and who knows at this stage what audiences it might reach, permission should be sought. Who knows, the real actor might even jump in. This is a fair ethical concern, but only to a small extent. I was going to respond to it myself, but one of the people on the porch came up with what I think is a much better argument. Third name redacted. I find it interesting that there is so much alarm around protecting the rights of the rich and famous while the person doing this work is struggling to pay rent. I feel the biggest alarm should be that there are millions of people who don't have their basic needs met and why are we okay with that rather than arguing about the assets of millionaires and billionaires not being protected. We really need to sort our priorities out. I'm thinking of the Bible verse about Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus was covered in sores and hoped to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Why are we complaining about the ethics of the poor stealing the crumbs from the tables of the rich and not the problem of wealth inequality that steals food from the mouths of the poor in the first place? And until we start to change the way we think about wealth and money and justice, we will be condemning the Lazaruses for trying not to die in the streets. One of the things I think is important to consider is this. If I don't use the software, the actors I would have playing my roles make zero dollars. If I do use the software, the actors I would have playing my roles make zero dollars. The outcome is identical in either case. If, on the other hand, I don't use the software, my audio dramas can't be improved beyond my ability to use my current software and voice acting talents to make each of my characters sound unique. If I do use the software, I can have anyone I want playing the roles I write. The advantage is in using the software. This is Speedy Shine, and I'm here to tell you that you can get a sticker with me on it if you join Smelly Old Man's Patreon. 
you can try it out for a whole month for free. If you like it, it's only $5 a month. And then I can get some more treatsers. I would jump on you and give you kisses, but you're not on the front porch yet. See you soon. The software exists. It's not going to disappear if I climb on top of some intangible moral or ethical principle. Whether I use it or not, others will. And I wouldn't be surprised if they found horrible things for which to use it. It's easy to imagine governments who have access to more powerful software using it to invent nefarious lies to hurt other governments. Big businesses can do the same. I'm sure other artists will find other, less-than-kind ways to employ this type of software. If they get around to making it illegal, that won't change the fact that it exists, and it will be used. If I'm not allowed to post the work I do with it for fear of copyright infringement, I will still use it and create the coolest audio dramas I can. I will just not post my work publicly. I'll email it to a few people who I think will enjoy it. I'll listen to it myself, because I will enjoy it. The same questions arise for painters, composers, and writers. I can't paint. I can't even draw. And while I wish I could pay my friends Jen or Michelle to paint the pictures I need for my blog, I can't. AI can do what I can't. I still haven't had completely satisfactory results with it, but I suspect that will improve over time. It helps my art, and it's free and easy to use. I can't write music but I just learned about new software that should be able to do that for me. And I'm excited about this idea. If I learn to use it, my show will include music you'll never have heard before. I love that idea. ChatGPT can already write college-level essays. Professors are working on ways to determine if it was written by software or a human. I'm sure... It can write excellent fiction as well. I'm a writer, and it doesn't bother me in the least. It can't write a Fred Eater story. It will never be able to do that. It can undoubtedly imitate my style. It can use my ideas. But it will never have my thoughts. It can't, because I don't even have them all myself yet. And if it can write a story better than I can... Millions of humans can already do this. More power to it. Let's have more great literature in the world, regardless of its source. Is AI going to replace artists? It's replacing humans all the time. That's the central idea in the teddy bear coder, and I promise I wasn't the first, or even the hundred first, to come up with that idea. If AI can do something to help us, that's great. If it can eliminate the need for us to work in the sense of having to do things that we don't want to do so we can make enough money to live, I'm in favor of that. 
How many craftsmen have been put out of work by 3D printing? Cashiers are becoming increasingly rare. Tellers are seldom used. Talking to a human being on the phone at a business of any sort is generally a marathon of button pushing. You don't always get there, even then. And whether you or I approve or not, will change nothing, 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 nothing. We can either embrace what it can do for us, or we can fight a battle we are doomed to lose. Henry Drummond. Progress has never been a bargain. You have to pay for it. Sometimes I think there's a man who sits behind a counter and says, all right, you can have a telephone, but you lose privacy, and the charm of distance. Madam, you may vote, but at a price. You lose the right to retreat behind the powder puff or your petticoat. Mister, you may conquer the air, but the birds will lose their wonder, and the clouds will smell of gasoline. From Inherit the Wind Screenplay by Nedrick Young and Harold Jacob Smith Original play by Jerome Lawrence. If we're going to deal with the losses progress creates, I'm going to make the best use I can of the advantages it brings. I won't apologize for that. I believe I'm right. I recognize... I could be wrong. I welcome your comments. Artificial intelligence is opening up possibilities that have never existed before. Let's use what's available to make us a better world. Let's shine in the light of human progress, even when that progress is made by a machine. Next week on Fred's Front Porch Podcast. Trigger warning. I'm surprised to need a trigger warning in this piece because I didn't think it was powerful enough to warrant one. The story you're about to read or hear, however, is the only story I've ever written that actually made my best friend angry with me. When I write my normally calm, rational arguments against the existence of homelessness, she has little reaction. It's okay, Fred, but I've heard it all before. It's just not very moving. I'm sorry. That wasn't the case this time. She was angry that the story existed. I sent it to her right after I finished it because I was proud of it. She wrote me back promptly. I hate it. Never again. Please, God. WTF, dude. So, you are hereby warned. Animals are injured off-screen in this story. If that's going to bother you more than you can tolerate, you'll want to skip this. <laughs> <laughs>
The following are people who are deeply important to me. They keep me alive, and they give me a reason to continue doing this show by giving me their time. Our minutes are our most precious possessions, and I'm grateful you grant me some of yours. We live in a world dominated by the need for money. Thank you for giving me some of yours. It makes more difference than you probably believe. These are the people on the porch. Our patron saint is Edith Healer. Our unofficial patron saints are Boo Radley, Miss Maudie, and Shoshana Edwards. Our producers are Coralie Day with Scott Knight. Our patrons are Mary Rosello, Sherlock the Mystery Patron, Marie Janicki, Elizabeth Jones, Love of My Life, Sandy Brower, Kevin Boyce, and Joe March. Our sponsors are Karen Herbert, Alex Oliphant, Jake Margaram, Frau Beluka, Greg Royball, Robert Blomker II, Cindy Mandel, Amos Stewart, Phil Parkman, Carrie Dedeo, Judy W. Morris, Corey Pluart, Pavel S., Claude Bert Lansden, Virginia Rupert, Natalie Fredrickson, Elizabeth Bennett, and Zareth. Our supporters are Jackie Jolly, Christine Pavlik, Susan Oski, Glenn Elfman, Stephanie Hansen, Kim, Deborah Rice, Jamie Sassy, Andrea Grinstead, MJ, Roxanne Wolf, Michelle Sylvester, Ursula Phillips, Sarah Nimitz, John G, Christy L. Patterson, Mark Rosma, Corey, and Shoshana Edwards. Our first supporter was, and still is, Jereen. Thank you for helping me to shine. As one of the people on the porch advised me, I ain't gonna dim my light for no one. Thank you for shining your light on me. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts and ideas with you. Get your episodes of Fred's Front Porch early and commercial-free on Patreon. And now, check out our new website at fredsporch.info. There's no punctuation, and yes, it bugs me too. But welcome to the Internet. I'll talk to you next week.